This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rushan Senanayak. What's up, listeners? Welcome to Season 4 of Inspiring Design with Rushan Senanayaka. This is where the best of the best brands, experts, change makers, and thought leaders come together to share their valuable insights, experience, and knowledge, all centered around the growth sector in advanced manufacturing within Industry 4.0, encompassing various industries, technologies, skills, knowledge, trends, as well as stakeholders, all the while linking it back into education, within schools and universities. Today's episode, we turn our attention to the complex world of drones and the unique skills integration alongside this technology, such as AI, robotics, software, and hardware. To lead this topic, we feature the founder and CEO of Mirrigan Consulting, Rob Sutton, an incredible mind with a unique story, now leading the drones industry in a record-breaking fashion. Having served in the Australian Army's premier drone unit, the 20th Surveillance and Target Acquisition Regiment, Rob has seen firsthand the power of drone tech as a force for good. Through this unique insight and the passion for drone technology, Rob continuously works towards saving lives and improving organizational capabilities. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Welcome to Inspiring Design, recorded live at the World Drones and Robotics Congress. Rob, welcome to Inspiring Design. Can we start off with a little bit of your background? What's your story? Um, thanks, Roshan, and thanks for having me. Pleasure. Um, so my story is I was born in South Africa, um, and we, my family moved to Australia when I was 10. Um, and um, I grew up in Sydney. Um, and then when I finished school, I decided I wanted to be like my dad, an engineer. Um, but I also felt like I wanted to give something back to my country, um, and so I chose to join the Army um, as an engineer. Um, and um, I was lucky enough to um, work with, um, once I graduated from, from university, once I graduated from the Defence College, mm-hmm. um, I was lucky enough to then um, work with a range of different helicopter types. So mm-hmm. I worked with um, some big helicopters, some small helicopters, um, and also um, lucky enough to spend two years at Army's um, drone regiment. So wow. learn, learning how to use drones, learning the state of the technology from a from a military perspective. And, and was that chance? Um, it was chance actually. So I, I was I joined the army because I was very interested in the um, the armed reconnaissance helicopter, um, and the project was running late. And um, I was due when I was due for my my um, command posting. Mm. I had a choice to go to the unit that didn't have those helicopters. Mm-hmm or I could find something else, and I found something in Brisbane, and it was the, the drone regiment. So it was kind of okay. a bit yep. of luck. But um, for me, it's always been about um, using technology to make a difference in people's mm-hmm. lives. Yeah. And what I saw when I was at 20 Regiment was just how powerful that technology was mm. from a, a military perspective. Mm. So a lot of my friends um, were in different units across, across the Army, um, and you see situations where... For example, the, the the units would would really want drone support when they went out because they wanted to make sure that they were protected, that right. they knew what was going on. So it was yeah. that that real 
real sense of drones were saving lives and they're also saving lives of people that I knew. So my friends, my so colleagues, attached. very attached to that. Um, and, and that was in 2008, 2009. So um, the technology kind of hadn't developed to the state that it is now. Yeah. Um, and then I, I left the army when my wife and I had our, um, our two boys mm -hmm. and worked in defense industry for a little while, but then came back to to drones and saw what was happening in the commercial sense and saw that there was a, a real potential to use the learnings from a, the military space mm. to apply it in the commercial space yeah. um, to take people away from harm, um, to, to take people out of those situations where they really didn't need to be anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and again, coming back to that, feel like I was making a difference yeah. in people's lives through the use of this particular Absolutely. technology. And I think that's that ethical driven context is a very important thing, especially when it comes to any form of technology. Because it, I see it almost as an evolutionary step in the tool that we use. Yep. And um, you know, a knife can be a very good thing in the hands of a very good person, but at the same time, it can be a very horrible thing. Well, so. <laughs> you know, a, fi a fire is exactly the same thing. As exactly. A fire cooks your food, a fire warms your house. Uh, it can also burn you. So it's, it's not, you know, a drone is a thing yeah. and people use those things. And, you know, we talk about drones for good, yeah. um, keeping people safe, um, letting you do things that you couldn't do before, yeah. all of those kind of things. That's really what motivates us, what drives us, and, and a particular sense that, you know, it's, it's our friends, our colleagues, it might be my children that are mm. in these positions, and mm. I don't want them to be in a position where they're not safe. Absolutely. All right, well, look, that's a very awesome story, and I would love to talk about it more, but I want to get into the conversation topic today. Yep. Um, tell me, in a very essence of its base, what exactly is a drone? I think the best way to think of a drone is it's, it's a robot. Yep. Um, and it's a robot that uh, also has the same kind of computing technology in it that you might see in your office, you might mm -hmm. see in your, in your car, you might see in any other kind of space. So it's that fusion of advanced computing power mm -hmm. and um, flying robots or ground robots. Mm -hmm. And just that intersection of those two technology types is really allowing us to do a lot more yeah. um, with, with these things and to solve problems that we could never solve before. Yeah. And do you see drones, are they all AI-based or is it pilot-based? What are the variations that exist? There's lots of different variations. So, I mean, the same way as a robot, you know, the term robot covers this huge variation. Yeah. Um, there are very simple drones um, that you need to fly manually and they can be very difficult. Um, mm. I bought a present for my son um, for his ninth birthday and it was a remote-controlled yep. plane and it was... It was cheap and, and it was very difficult to use. Yeah. And um, within 15 minutes, I'd flown it into the top of a tree. And that go. was the end of that. So, yeah, um, fair enough. <laughs> so, you know, that's one end of the scale. Then the other end of the scale is um, the work that we're doing, for example, for the drone light shows. Mm -hmm. um, there's a show that we're doing in Sydney um, over Christmas has 600 drones. Um, and that's controlled by two pilots. Yeah. So, so it's still not AI driven. It's yeah. still the computer is controlling where the drones are, mm -hmm. but you don't have to fly them. The, the drones are effectively flying themselves. Yeah. And the evolution of that will be at some point, um, drones will get to a point where you just tell them to go and do whatever it is that they need to do and it'll happen just in the background. Yeah, um, awesome. And the same way that your computer does things that you just tell it to do something and it does it. You don't yeah. need to sit there and code it or control it or 
yeah. what makes certain things happen. So. Awesome. And I think we obviously connect with that hardware element there because that's what we're seeing constantly and it's a movable thing, so it's exciting. Now, if um, when we're looking at Mirrigan, what makes you different um, from the rest of the drone industry at the moment? Because that shows you know you you have a very particular set of skill sets, yeah. and as one of your team members say, you're talking about the knowledge and the skills. Can you elaborate about what exactly you do? So we we're a consultancy, so we help other companies implement their own drone programs, mm -hmm. but it's really about what business problem are they solving? Mm -hmm. So um, drones are cool. Um, I like drones. I like you know I like coming to work every day because I get to work with things that mm. I'm really quite excited by. But mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, they they're just a thing. Yeah. Um, they need to be solving a problem. So what we do as a consultancy is work through what that problem is, mm -hmm. um, make sure that there's a clear clear investment case to use it. Mm -hmm. So is there a safety question that that these uh, this technology can solve. Yeah. Is there uh, are there costs that can be drawn out of the business? Yeah. Um, because you're using these instead of helicopters, for example. Yeah. Um, are there things that you can do with this technology that you could never do with any other platform mm. because of the nature of the technology? So those are the kind of things that we would explore. Okay. Um, but it, it comes down to does it actually make sense? Yeah. So um, if if you're trying to solve a small problem with something that's very expensive, that doesn't, doesn't make, make any sense. sense. Absolutely. And I can see a lot of critical thinking and creative problem solving in the work you're doing generally, um, combining with the technology elements. So that's that's awesome. And I think I can see the coolness behind it. As, yeah, it is the kids fun. Would say. But um, one of the things that I want the listeners to understand is, is always this evolution in how technology changes it's almost on an exponential basis you know two three years later it's almost a completely different forefront so where do you see this next five years on the drone sector i think i think what we've seen so far is the explosion of the hobby market so we've seen um, people buying drones for their kids as birthday presents or christmas presents yeah i did that um, yeah me too um and we've got, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of drones now across mm. Australia, um, you know, more obviously across the world. Um, that's also been adopted in a business sense. So people have been buying those kind of small drones for things like real estate photography, taking yeah. pictures of people's homes or videos, uh, wedding videos, like those mm. kind of things. Um, so, and I think that market has matured yeah. um, and, and that will obviously continue into the future. Um, I think what's coming next is the larger drones. So things like um, drones for delivery, things like Wing or, um, or Amazon delivering you know, coffee or food to your home. Yep. Um, things like um, what they call urban air mobility or air taxis. So okay. being able to like, get an Uber and you get in the Uber and it flies you to your destination. So on the, uh, this is one of the most exciting topics that I wanted to actually talk about because Uber Air Taxis being, and I think Melbourne is a test site that's been earmarked for it. Go into that a little bit more because I think this is the, this is the things that mainstream will adopt these technologies more and more because it becomes part of our life. Tell me a little bit about that. How do you see this kind of big scale implementation being done from a drone context? So you can get a helicopter from point A to point B and yep. it'll cost you, you know, four or $500. Um, a, there's not that many helicopters, they're mm. pretty expensive. Yep. Um, and B is you need a pilot. Yep. And the way 
the way air taxis will evolve is you will need pilots mm -hmm. at the beginning and then over time those you'll get in air taxis that don't have a pilot you'll yeah. simply like an elevator you get in you close the doors you arrive at your destination mm -hmm. um, and there's no person involved in that transaction other than you getting into the into wow. the air taxi itself and I think it's scary <laughs> well it, it, it is and it isn't it, it feels a bit scary mm. um, but a, a big part of what needs to happen before that can work is mm -hmm. to make sure that um, all of the engineering's been done yep. all of the safety checks have been done all of the testing has been done so mm. that they really know that if you get in that platform it it's will be safe. as safe as as any other air travel yeah um, yep. And, and it takes a lot of money to do that. It takes a lot of time to do that. And that's what the industry is working through at the moment. Um, I, I'm pretty confident you'll see air taxis at the Brisbane Olympics. Mm -hmm. um, okay. and That'll be exciting. It will be pretty cool. <laughs> and it'll just be part of the network. So it's, it's not, won't be like the Jetsons where we kind of get yep. in, you know, I want to go to work. I'm going to get in an air taxi and off I go to work. It'll yep. be, um, I live on the Gold Coast. I don't live on the Gold Coast, but someone who lives yeah, on the Gold transit. Coast. Um, needs to get to Brisbane Airport. Um, I can choose. Um, I can choose to get a, a hire car. I can choose to get somebody to drive me. Mm. That's going to take an hour and a half, maybe, depending on traffic. Yeah. Or I can just get in an air taxi and be at Brisbane Airport in 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's yeah. a time saving, and I, and I think that will be that will be where this evolves to. It's just another layer in our mm. in our urban infrastructure. Interesting. And if the essence of AI component in that drone, if it falls into an accident. Now, normally the driver behind the steering wheel, they're the responsible person if they're yeah. operating the machine. In this context, it's an AI. How does that work? <laughs> that's, that's a hard question. That's the challenge. Um, I, I don't think, globally, I don't think that question's been resolved yet. Yeah. Um, I think that's where that's where it comes back to that engineering question, mm. comes back to the who's operating the system. Um, so it won't sit on the pilot if there's no pilot in the, in the aircraft. Yeah. It'll probably sit on some combination of the manufacturer and okay. the, um, the operator. Right. Um, right. And, interesting. and to be fair, that's what happens in the commercial world now anyway. If there's an air accident, mm. then um, the pilot may have some responsibility for that. Yeah. The, the company that's flying the aircraft might have some responsibility and the manufacturer of the aircraft might have. So, so it's not all so it's that shared different. responsibility. Yeah. Okay, and it'll depend enough. on the nature of what, what happens, obviously. Yeah, that so. makes sense. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the skills. Yep. Drones being part of the ecosystem more and more mainstream becomes a very bigger and bigger sector. And currently, personally, I think our skills pipeline isn't aligned with what's required to actually service from a country perspective, I think. In your opinion, how do you see that working in the industry every day? What are your thoughts on the skills pipeline of, let's say, just focusing on Australia yep. over the next five to 10 years? So there's, a, there's a lot of answers to that question. Mm -hmm. um, one answer would be from a pilot perspective, from a drone pilot perspective, um, I, I, th I think that that pathway as a career is plateauing. So I think in, in five or 10 years, the idea that somebody is going to need to go out there and actually pilot a drone to do something, I yeah. think that will be gone or going. Interesting. Um, I, I think what will be in its place is somebody who can, who can manage a drone system. Mm. So look at the platform, tell the drone where it needs to go, do the planning, 
understand how it works, understand yep. um, what it can do, what it can't do, um, work with the air traffic, mm -hmm. make sure that it's safe, yep. you know, those kind of things, making sure that it's solving the problem. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's one skill set, and I think that's how that one will evolve. Um, from an engineering perspective, mm -hmm. um, obviously all the STEM skills are going to be really important. So mm -hmm. being able to develop products, being able to integrate two different systems and make them work together. Yeah, if I can um, pause you there, STEM is a very large, broad set of skill sets. Yep. So if we break this down a little bit more, looking at the sciences first, yep. what are the complementing sciences? When, when you say, you know, drones are about solving a problem. Um, so what problem are you trying to solve? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a consulting piece that sits at the beginning and says, um, okay, let's, let's work through the project. Let's, let's understand the, the nature of this. Um, from a science perspective, it could be things like, okay, well, let's take that problem now and mm -hmm. let's figure out what the sensors mm. need to find in order to solve the problem. Yeah. Or what, what that, you know, so, so looking at the data, mm -hmm. looking, at, um, looking at what the data says, um, pulling in, um, for instance, you might be using drones to detect, um, to look for koalas, mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Now, and that's something that's being done, but from a science perspective, you've got to pull in all of that biology knowledge. Absolutely. Where would they be? Yep. What do they look like? So um, it's almost guided by the speciality of the context of the industry. Yeah, and, and if you think drones are not a, not a standalone tool, they're, mm -hmm. they're just a tool, but for every specific problem, you've got to pull in all of those different threads of knowledge. Makes sense. So one of the projects that we're working on is um, uh, using drones to manage poles and wires, mm -hmm. um, so for an electricity company. Yeah. And some of their poles are made of wood, and they might get eaten by termites. Yeah. So how do you use drones to detect a pole that's being eaten by termites? Mm. Well. What does that look like? What's the biology of the termites? What, what do they do that might give an indication that this particular pole has termites and this particular doesn't? That's a, that's yeah. a science question. Yeah. What sensors do I need to use? Now mm. I'm looking at um, maybe moisture detection mm. or I'm looking at uh, heat detection. Again, that's a science or a technology question. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, those kind of skill sets, depending on the application, mm. can really, um, really matter. Yeah. Um, Marine biology, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm looking to try and track whales, for example, well, I need to understand what the whales do, how, yep. they, how they move, where they are, you know, all of those kind of questions before I can build a system that works well. Absolutely, and I can see the same thing in the context of engineering, yep. the different types of engineering coming together. So focusing on the technology of the STEM, what are the key technologies that you think from a from a secondary tertiary level education yeah what are the technologies that are foundational to for a future in let's say drones I don't think it's a technology I don't think it's a foundational technology I think it's okay. I think it's about um, understanding how to bring all of the technologies together yep. so um, when you when you look at a drone there's the platform so there's the the thing you see the flying thing or the ground robot or whatever um, there's the payload which mm -hmm. goes on the drone and it does the job, it solves mm -hmm. the problem. Mm -hmm. But then it may also generate data. Yep. So you've got to analyze the data. So there's, there's all of these different things that are happening. And as the technology evolves, you'll have different payloads, you'll have different data, mm -hmm. you'll have maybe even different platforms. Yep. You can change them all in and out. Mm. So what becomes important then is what technology is right mm. 
focused on the problem, what technology is right to solve the problem, and how do I get it all to talk to each other. So it's basically creative problem solving and critical thinking in the foundation. Absolutely. Awesome. Yep. Um, and another way of labeling that is design thinking, is that a terminology within the context of drone industries? I think so, yeah. So um, if, you, if you really focus, you know, come back to focus on the problem, not on the technology, mm -hmm. and, and design-centered thinking, my understanding is it's all about the problem. Yep. So it, it's similar in that context. If you focus on the problem, you, you understand that there are many different ways of solving that problem, yep. and some of those ways are better than others. Mm. Um, and some of those ways are better than others at a particular point in time. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, this technology will be constantly shifting, constantly changing. Yeah. And you have to have that, that design-centered thinking, the problem-centered thinking yeah. to be able to make this technology That's work. That's music to my ears being design yeah. thinking. My, it's one of my favorite topics, so I love yeah. hearing that in every context pretty much. And um, so let, if we're focusing on the education sector for the time being, yeah. what do you think needs to change in schools? Being an industry practitioner within this context, do you have any advice for schools, universities, looking at the future of the drones context? I think there's probably two, two things that I would talk about. One is um, that design-centered thinking is really important. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the other one is, is that the future of technology, the future of um, applied technology, mm -hmm. is actually a fusion of a whole lot of different skill sets. So I'll give you an example. Is one of the one of the projects that we're working on is um, uh, doing drone light shows, mm -hmm. and the way that works is it uses drones to tell a story. So you're, you're entertaining an audience. Mm -hmm. So a skill set there is how do you what story are you telling, and how do you use this technology to to tell that story? Mm. Um, then you've got to have the graphics and the creativity to really present that story really well. Communicate it, yep. So, so it's a different skill set to, to kind of creating the story Absolutely. in the first place. Um, so you've got, you've got the storytelling, you've got the creativity in terms of choreographing the drones. Mm -hmm. You've got the technical aspects of being able to, you know, lay the drones out, yep. connect them, configure them, yep. um, control them, manage them. Mm. Um, you've got uh, skill sets like being able to work with the regulators to get that activity approved. Mm, mm. So looking at things like managing safety, understanding mm. risk, um, understanding how the technology would, would work in the particular environment you're in and make sure that you're not putting people into a, a place where they could be harmed. It's ridiculously collaborative. A absolutely, and it draws on all sorts of different skill sets. Yeah, so, I can um, see that. It's yeah. not, drones are not an engineering thing only, they're not a technology thing only, they bring in every, almost every skill set you can think of yep. to be able to solve the problem, to, yep. you know, in drone light shows it's entertaining an audience, not really a problem, but mm. um, to be able to solve that problem you're drawing on a whole lot of different threads, yep. so there's a place for everybody. Yep. And I think that's very, a very crucial insight because it's, a, it's showing the importance of project-based learning, hands-on, your bringing in different subject expertise, yep. knowledge matter into one problem-solving exercise almost. So that's that's awesome. And that's so that, you know, being being literate about the technology, understanding mm. the technologies, that's mm. going to be a very important skill set. That creative problem-solving, very important skill set. Um, but teamwork and the ability to kind of work with the people around you and be, you know, show that empathy, um, all, all of that's going to be really important as Absolutely. well. And, and you Absolutely. don't, you know, 
drones are a robot and it's like almost the almost the opposite of a human in some sense but yeah. it's a human technology it's solving human problems and you're going to need all of those human skill sets to make it yeah. make it work and i think coming from the ethical being grounded in the ethical context is very important because yeah. we see in the movies all the time the entertained version of what what goes wrong when drones can be taken in the wrong way so yeah, that's exactly. a very good thing now i i being in the in this conference venue i know the whole bunch of people are going to come out of the keynote so i yep. want to make sure that we go into the detail of the advice for the students yep. and advice for teachers yep in your context before everyone else comes out <laughs> what's your advice for the students the future of our nation i i think you have to have that learning mindset so be open to new learning be flexible be adaptable mm. um and and recognize that wherever you go there'll be a path for you mm. because new technology works best when it has thinking from a whole lot of different places yeah so um a, a friend of mine is a nurse and is working in the drone industry well there's a really neat intersection for her because um those those two things come together mm interesting um, yeah okay so i i think you know just you can come to this from all sorts of different backgrounds um but be open to learning be open to new things yeah. um, as long as you've got those transferable skill sets i think that's when people can shift and come bring their own expertise whether they're coming from marine biology or nursing that's that's awesome and i think coming back to the if you if you are technologically literate if you have empathy if you are you know good at working together as a team like yep. those are all creative problem solving Absolutely. you know those are all skill sets that are really important perfect perfect and what's your advice for the educators the teachers who are who have almost a responsibility of putting this kind of future in front of the kids uh the students what's your advice for the teachers i think don't focus on the technology mm -hmm. focus on what's being done with the technology so it's much so, more powerful and engaging i mean i like the technology i come from an engineering background it's something mm. that i've always i've always focused on um but humans are diverse and different mm. and have different interests and my two sons are very different yeah um one really likes music and the other one really likes computers mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. if i were trying to engage them both i would engage them through um looking at the ways that these were being used rather than the actual technology themselves absolutely perfect advice i think yeah. and and if you if they want to learn more about the drone industry or get in touch with you yeah. what are your thoughts any advice on how they can get in touch with you reach out or any good resources for the drone industry yeah so um obviously our website um www.merigan.com.au mm -hmm. um we also publish the australian drone directory osdronedirectory.com.au yep. um that has kind of a a view of all of the different industry players like you'll see in this room mm -hmm. um another good resource is um world of drones education mm -hmm. so um uh, related to this congress and that's also got a lot of good resources for teachers and students awesome um, awesome or um on linkedin as well so if perfect i wanted perfect. to reach out on thank LinkedIn. you we'll definitely drop those links into the show notes page yep. now before we go i always want to ask a kind of a unique question random question i'm going to put you yep. on the spot um and the thing that i've been kind of thinking about is a bit theme to the drone context so if you could change one thing in the drone world drone industry world what would that be i think it's the spread of knowledge so um i think there's still a lot of places in in australia that don't understand what drones could do mm -hmm. and don't understand how powerful they could 
they could be, how much of a difference they could make. Mm -hmm. And I would like to, I would like to solve that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Mate, thank you so much. I know this is a drop in the ocean when we come to a very deep topic like this, but yeah. thank you so much for your time. No, an absolute I'm pleasure. sure the listeners will hopefully reach out to you and learn more about the drone context. So exciting, yeah. exciting work. Thank you, mate. Thanks for your time, Rashad. That's it for today's episode. Now it's time to take action and build on the learnings to get inspired. First up, jump onto rashansenanayaka.com forward slash podcast and check out the show notes, links and other relevant learning materials from this amazing episode. Next, if you learned something new today, click that subscribe button and set yourself up to receive live notifications on future episodes, as well as more opportunities to learn from our amazing guests, brands and speakers. Last but not least, it's time to have your say. Join the conversation and share your thoughts and feedback on today's episode with a review, all while joining many others with a five-star rating for inspiring design with Rashan Senanayaka. Till next time.